asked and you shall receive. The Grizzlies asked in mid-January. They asked in February. And now they are one of the hottest tickets on national television. And we're going to talk about the latest game that's gotten flexed for the Grizzlies on national TV and why this team is becoming must see TV. But everyone might not play in that game. But we'll get to it coming up on Locked on Grizzlies. Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, covering your Memphis Grizzlies. My main man, my co-host, Sean Coleman, is getting a day off, a well-deserved day off for Sean. So you're just going to be stuck with me today. But we got a lot to catch up on with these Grizzlies, and there's a lot going on. Even though, you know, the postseason is coming up, there's still a lot to, to look forward to in these next few days before we even get to that point. But once again, thank you for listening to Locked On Grizzlies. Make sure you're subscribing. You're leaving us five-star reviews on your podcasting apps, whether you're, you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening, YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure you're subscribing. Uh, leave comments. Whatever you can do to engage and keep the Locked On Grizzlies community going, we appreciate it. So thank you for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies. But the Grizzlies, they've clinched. So, you know, some people want to just fast forward to next week. And I'm here to say no. No, enjoy this process. Enjoy this day-by-day process because there's a lot to look forward to right now. There's a lot to look forward to before you get to that stressful postseason run because it will be stressful. You know, no one goes 16-0 and in the postseason and, and, and just has their way. But the Grizzlies got some good news on yesterday. Uh, the NBA announced that the Grizzlies' final game of the regular season against the Boston Celtics has been flexed on to TNT. So, again, another nationally televised game for the Grizzlies. That's the good. The bad is the notable players that you probably want to play, the notable players that that national audience will probably tune in to see, it's unlikely that they'll play. It's the last game of the season. I'm looking at Saturday, which is the game against the Pelicans. So you, it's the second game of a back-to-back. And I just don't see, you know, a lot of those guys being available. Even if they are available, they're probably going to play a half and, and you know, chill out or something. So that – from that perspective, there's not much, you know, to look forward to there. But, again, it's a it's another game for the Grizzlies brand. You're putting them in front of, you know, the national audience, and that has been a big deal. That has been a big deal since, you know, that Grizzlies all-access event came to Memphis. And when the Grizzlies all-access came to Memphis, it was huge from the fact that when John Morant was declared out for that game – A lot of people took it as a bummer, and, you know, they looked at it as John Morant's not playing. 
what is there, you know, that kind of kills the, the momentum of the whole thing? Well, it actually turned out to be an awakening for the national audience of how deep, how far this Grizzlies team can go down their bench. Tyus Jones started, they won, and that's when the whole record without John Morant kind of took on its own phenomenon. And now they're 20 and three without Morant, but it's not just that. I don't like to, you know, even keep bringing that record up because it's, it's a good stat. It's a great stat for a team that's good, but they're five and zero without Steven Adams. I believe they're seven and two without DeAnthony Melton. And I point out those two players specifically because, you know, the Grizzlies are at the top of the NBA in deflections. Who's the best guy at that on the team? DeAnthony Melton, seven and two without him. They're at the top of the NBA in rebounding, offensive rebounding. Steven Adams leads the NBA in that. He's the best rebounder on the Grizzlies. When he doesn't play, they are undefeated. John Morant is the top paint scorer in the NBA, having the best paint scorer for a guard in over 25 years. He's the top paint scorer in the NBA. When he doesn't play, they still succeed. So they're missing guys who are valuable in terms of they're not only the best on the team at certain things that make this team really good. They're the best at things, you know, around the whole NBA. De'Anthony Melton has some of the best hands in the league. John Morant's finishing is up there with the best of them. I'm talking Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, and whoever else you want to say at the guard position. Steven Adams has been one of the premier elite offensive rebounders in the NBA since he entered the league. So without each of those guys, this team has thrived, and the national audience has really gotten to see that more. And the players that I just mentioned, I mean – they may not play in that final game, but still, you know, it's it's a it's a good thing from from a branding perspective. You put the eyes on the Grizzlies. The, the Grizzlies have gotten you know more eyes throughout this season, and I've noticed because since I've got here, you know, I, I got here, I started covering the Grizzlies for the commercial appeal in December, kind of around the same time when the Grizzlies went on the eleven game win streak. I got here at the end of December, around Christmas time. They went on eleven game win streak, and this team took off. Even during that win streak, even during that streak, a lot of the national outlook was John Morant and the Grizzlies. Like David Ruffin, (laughs) like David Ruffin wanted it to be David Ruffin and the Temptations, or you got, you know, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, and et cetera. Um, John Morant and the Grizzlies is how people viewed it from a national perspective. Well, what changed that was that ESPN Grizzlies All Access, and since then, you don't hear John Morant and the Grizzlies anymore. Uh, People are recognizing the work that Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, Stephen Adams, DeAnthony Melton, and so forth are doing. And that national TV game against the Celtics, for one, I think the Celtics will have their lineup, and that's probably why the game is on national TV. If you look at that Eastern Conference race right now, two, three, four seeds are tied in the loss column. The Celtics are the two seed because they have more wins than the three and the four seed, which happens to be the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers, who just teamed one of the best guards up with one of the best big men with one of the best, you know, young players, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, and Joel Embiid. 
are who I'm referring to there. So it's a lot of talent, and it's going to go down to the wire. So the Celtics will probably have Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Derek White, the whole crew ready to go. While the Grizzlies will probably throw out there Tyrell Terry. Um, you get some geese puns. My fellow UT uh, guy, you probably get Jared Culver. You probably get some Xavier Tillman and Santi Aldama, who out of everyone who played in that Suns game, who didn't get, who weren't uh, regular rotational guys, Santi Aldama really oppressed me. But we'll, we'll talk more about him, especially when that, game's ha- when that game happens. We'll talk more about Santi Aldama because I, I like what we saw there uh, from him. But the point here is the Grizzlies' face will be on national TV again, and I'm sure someone's going to play. They have to play someone. You can't. It's just not enough roster spots to just throw out, you know, guys who won't be in the rotation. So a couple of rotational guys will probably play. I, I could see, you know, De'Anthony Melton playing a little bit. Uh, Tyus Jones may get a few minutes. And and who knows, you know, how the John Morant situation unfolds, you know, over the course. But we'll, we'll get more into that as well. But, but yeah, um, it's an interesting situation for the Grizzlies to be in because they get the national TV game. But – they're not going to uh, – it's very unlikely. I'm not going to say they're not. It's very unlikely that on the second night of a back-to-back, on the final game of the season that has no ramifications on anything the Grizzlies want to do, um, it, it, it won't matter. But it's still – it's a good accomplishment. You know, the, the Celtics um, have been one of the best teams in the NBA since mid-January. They've taken on – taken it up to a whole nother level. Before, before that game has to happen – this game tonight against the Denver Nuggets has to happen. So we're going to preview that game and everything going on around it. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you about bet online. See, NCAA basketball season just ended. Shout out to the Kansas Jayhawks, NCAA champions for the men's basketball region. But guess what? Baseball is back. It is opening day, so happy opening day to all of my baseball fans out there. I'm a Braves fan, so happy opening day, especially to all of my Braves fans. Let's run it back. Uh, Let's get this ship. But, you know, BetOnline has you covered, whether it's MLB, whether it's NBA, whether it's soccer, whether it's MMA, go to BetOnline.net. You can make your bets. You can make your wages. You can put together parlays. You can you can make parlays across the sports. However, you like to make your bets. You have plenty of options across sports. You have plenty of options with in-game bets as well. BetOnline.net is the place to go to make those bets. So go check out BetOnline.net and make those bets. So this game against the different Nuggets, which you know, which will be an interesting game, and right now. On Bet Online, the Nuggets are favorited in this game, so that's something you know you you might want to pay attention to as well. But the Grizzlies, you know, there was the question of who would play in this game, especially after you know you go to Utah and you end up playing an overtime game. After that game, Taylor Jenkins did say you know he was going to evaluate some things and and they were going to determine how many guys would they play in this game and. The injury report came back yesterday, and it was it was fairly clean. It was fairly clean. 
Tyus Jones wasn't listed. Desmond Bain wasn't listed. Jaron Jackson wasn't listed. Steven Adams wasn't listed. That That's the four guys who, you know, will be entrenched in the starting lineup. Dylan Brooks was listed as questionable, which is an upgrade from the Utah game where he was listed as doubtful. So the chances of Dylan Brooks playing have increased. So it looks like the Grizzlies are going to go in this game and they're going to try to win, as they should, as they should. And I'm going to tell you why I think that's important. I think it's important because you don't want to stack bad performances on top of each other going into this stretch. It, it'll put a sour taste in your mouth. Utah game wasn't a bad performance. I'm not saying it was a bad performance. It was a loss. And if you lose another game, you know, you just don't know what type of bad mojo you can create going into this postseason run. And some people don't think anything of, of that. But I'm a big proponent of you want to be playing your best basketball going into what will be the toughest stretch of this season. And the Grizzlies have been doing that. I mean, the win over the Warriors, the win over the Suns, uh, the seven-game win streak, all are examples of how the Grizzlies have done that, even the loss against Utah. The comeback down eight in the last five minutes of uh, Jaron Jackson nailing the three-pointers. Kyle Anderson put back to get you get that game to overtime. Are, those are all great examples of the resiliency and how well this team has been playing. But this game against the Denver Nuggets, um, they're going for the win, and the Denver Nuggets, they're playing to win. The Nuggets, if they win this game, they will clinch a top six seed in the Western Conference. And that clinching a top six spot in the Western Conference is more important than ever because that means you're not in the play-in. If you're in the play-in, you're at risk of missing the playoffs and all. They don't want to be in that position. Even I've, I've listened and, and heard you know Nikolai Jokic say uh, they don't want to be in the play-in. They want to go ahead and clinch their spot. And their next opportunity is against this Grizzlies team who looks like they'll be playing – most of their players as well. So the thing about Denver is everything revolves around Nikolai Jokic, right? He's the MVP candidate. He is, you know, been one of the best players in the NBA the last two seasons. He won the MVP last season, and it's all well-deserved. I mean, if you watch Jokic play, he has been – I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I laugh when I watch him. Because he's not some supreme athlete. He's not flying down the lane, you know, uh, like some of those big men of the past. Or, you know, he's not overpowering you with just impressive strength and things like that. He's just an old-fashioned good basketball player who has good footwork, makes great shot with great shot making. But the Grizzlies have put Steven Adams on him. And his numbers have still been, you know, pretty good, but they have something there. The Grizzlies are 3-0 and against the Nuggets this season. 3-0. and They beat them in early November twice, and then there was a mid-January win in Denver. 122-118. All the games have been fairly close, but the Grizzlies have won three games against the Nuggets. So they'll be going for the sweep in this contest. So they have their number right now. They have their number. And I think Steven Adams is a big reason why that is. But another big reason why this game 
will be important. And it was important to see all those guys will be available is because this keeps the chase for the franchise record in wins alive. The Grizzlies are at 55 wins right now. If they win two of the last three games, they will set a franchise record for wins in the regular season. The 56-win team came in 2012-2013, the grit and grind Grizzlies. That team went on to the Western Conference Finals, the only Western Conference Finals appearance for the Grizzlies in franchise history. So that's a memorable team. The Grizzlies have a chance. This year's Grizzlies, the next-gen Grizz, as they call themselves, they have a chance to reshape that history, and they have to win two out of three. We talked about that Celtics game. Talked about how we don't expect, you know, um, it's not just me. It's a lot of people that I've talked to as well, not expecting uh, the Grizzlies to really go out there and play most of their guys. And then there's the game before that on Saturday against the Pelicans. I'm thinking of that game as more of like a dress rehearsal where you could possibly have, you know, all of your guys are back that you want back and you say, hey, let's run our preferred lineups out there and let's see how we play. So I think these with them, you know, starting the lineup will probably be Tyce Jones, Desmond Bain. If Dylan Brooks is available, he'll he'll start. If not, Zaire Williams will get that spot. Then you have Jaron Jackson, Steven Adams. That lineup is good enough to beat the Denver Nuggets. It's good enough to beat the Denver Nuggets, but the, the Nuggets are desperate right now. And the Nuggets have some good players. Aaron Gordon has been a really good two-way player for them. Bones Highland, he's a rookie. Uh, I, I followed him a lot when I was in Philadelphia and watched his progress, and he is a sniper. He can really shoot the basketball. The Nuggets have more talent. You know, there's the narrative of it's Jokic and basically a bunch of, you know, mediocre players, but that's just not true. Um, I mean, they're not all-stars, but he has some talent around him. And Will Barton, you know, University of Memphis fans, you know, you know uh, Will Barton, who filled it up. I believe he averaged over 18 points a game in his sophomore year at Memphis before declaring for the draft. He can fill it up as well. And he's been, you know, a consistent scorer for that Denver team since he got there. And with that being said, this chase for the franchise record is is well, it's alive. Uh, this game will be an important one for that chase. And then there was another development that came back from that injury report that we, we were talking about. The other one is John Morant is listed as out for this game. Why is that important? Two weeks ago from today, exactly two weeks ago is when Taylor Jenkins told us that John Morant will be reevaluated in two weeks. I thought, you know, with the way that they've been, you know, monitoring him and, you know, gearing him up, reloading him, as Taylor Jenkins said, he's been a, he was a full participant in a non-contact practice before they left Memphis. He participated in practice in Utah as well. He's been around and he's been active. He, he's getting to work in. He's been warming up before the games, going through his shooting drills. John Morant, that is. He is close. But, you know, I thought that maybe the Grizzlies would go with something like doubtful or something like that since he was, you know, the plan was to reevaluate him on this day. So I'm guessing they're saying, look, hey, um, they didn't want him, even if, you know, after they reevaluate him, everything comes back clean. They don't want to play him in this game regardless. That's what it sounds like. So with John Morant being out, the attention shifts to the final two games for him. 
And if he needs to play, should he play and all of that? Personally, I'm, I'm on the record for saying I think John Morant should play. I think if he does play, it helps him get ready for the playoffs. It helps this team, you know, get more film of, quite frankly, a group which would be John Morant, Desmond Mann, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson, Steven Adams. They have not had that starting lineup a lot. They have not had that starting lineup. Someone, and it's mainly been Morant or, you know, Dylan Brooks, they haven't been healthy at the same time. Now they have that chance. Going, in, They have this chance to play this lineup again. I think it's a mental part component of this too. You get John Morant back, and we're talking knee soreness. The knee injury in any sport, but football, basketball, any sport that you have to cut and, you know, make some of the moves that John Morant makes, you have to get over that mental hurdle with any knee injury. In this case, it's just soreness. So I think a big deal would be playing him in a game, letting him get up and down the floor, fly around the court, do all the fantastic John Morant things that people are used to seeing. And once he does those things, that next morning, seeing how he feels, and if he feels good, he'll have no second thoughts. And once the playoffs roll around, he'll be full speed ahead. And, you know, you'll get the John Morant that we have seen all season long. I think that's important. Some people say, oh, there's an injury factor there. You know, you you risk injuring him and, and all of that. That's You risk injuring someone when they participate in practice. I'm not, you know – just big on that whole thing. I think you play him in one of those last two games since he's already declared out for Denver. And all signs, I think, would point towards Saturday against the Pelicans. We talked about that game being a dress rehearsal game. Well, why not? Why not go, you know, Miranda, your starting lineup, get Tyus Jones a little bit more familiar with running back with his second unit mates, you know, uh, Brandon Clark and DeAnthony Milk, who has went on this crazy hot streak in shooting the basketball, playing a little bit more with Tyus Jones, who he's played great with this entire season. Uh, Zaire Williams, John Conchar, work those guys back in a little bit more with Tyus Jones. And all these guys have played with each other most of this season. But with John Morant potentially, you know, being back, I think that Saturday would be a great time to get him back. And it'll be great for the entire NBA, you know, he's one of the league stars and he really has done wonders to shed light on the NBA and, you know, just everything going on with the Grizzlies. But speaking of the NBA, uh, how about you? We love that you're listening to Locked On Grizzlies, but make sure you tune in to the Locked On Now podcast as well. You can get it everywhere that you get Locked On Grizzlies and anywhere else you get your Locked On podcast. Locked on now is where where the podcasters of each individual team will make their videos, make their make their sound bites of what's going on, recaps from the games and everything that's going on in between. So it's the best thing you can get when you want to get a recap of everything that's going on with each of these games each night. Tuned in to Locked On Now podcast. That's where you can get your recaps quick, fast. And you don't have to, you know, wait 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes and get it fast. And you get a great detail of what's going on around the league. Locked On Now, it's available everywhere that you get your Locked On podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everything else 
in between. So now we've, we broke down this Denver game. We've talked about, you know, the national TV thing with the Grizzlies and, and, and you know, the Celtics in the last game of the season. So that those are pretty much the big things in this final run, as well as John Morant. Those are the big things. The only thing to look forward to after that, who will the Grizzlies play? Will it be the Clippers? The current eight seed will it be the Timberwolves. The current seven seed, or will the Nuggets plummet? Because we mentioned if the Nuggets beat the Grizzlies, they're in. They're in the playoffs. If they lose, they risk the chance of the Timberwolves catching them. Now they have to, you know, pretty much lose out in the, in the Timberwolves at the win. It's super unlikely. I doubt it happens, and and whatnot. But it's possible. But right now, the main two teams that we're going to look at are the Clippers and the Timberwolves. And I want to talk about this just a little bit because I watched the Clippers last night against the Suns. And the Suns, you know, they rested guys. There was no Chris Paul. There was no Devin Booker. There was no Jay Crowder. There was no DeAndre A. Let's just go ahead and get that out the way. Still, the Clippers looked dangerous. Um Paul George looks good. They got Norman Powell back, had him on a minutes restriction. So he's going to be geared up for the playoffs. That's two scorers that they were missing. And my thing with the Clippers is I always thought they were a great defensive team, especially when they went and got Robert Covington. You got Nicholas Batum, another 6'8 long defender. Then you get Paul George, who is usually the king of deflections in the NBA with his long arms, anticipation skills. You have those three guys that you can put on the court together, and they – they can do some of those same things that the Grizzlies do when you talk about causing deflections and, and you know, wreaking havoc, creating turnovers, steals. They do some of those same things. And they have Ty Lue, who we talked about Taylor Jenkins being a front-runner for Coach of the Year. Monty Williams being a front-runner for Coach of the Year. Ty Lue may not be a front-runner, but when you compare, you know, what happened with that other L.A. team, when their stars went out to what he has done to hold it together without – Kawhi Leonard without Paul George. It's a tip of the hat to, to, to getting that team, you know, in position to make the postseason. But the Timberwolves are the current seventh seed, so they'd probably be favored in a game between those two. And the, and the Timberwolves have struggled lately. Timberwolves are three and five in their last eight games. And I've said it on here many times. I have said that I think, you know, the Timberwolves have been playing some of the best basketball since the All-Star break. Well, they were. They were. They haven't been playing it lately. And as I said, you know, when we first came in, when we were talking about the Denver game, you want to be playing your best basketball going into the postseason. You don't want to go into the postseason, you know, uh, having same reoccurring problems that you had in December or January. You want to go into postseason feeling like we're playing as good as we've played all season right now. Timberwolves can't say that. The Clippers look dangerous. Timberwolves can't say that right now, but either way it goes, said it time and time again, each of those opponents would be tough. Nuggets, same thing, even though, you know, Grizzlies have, have dominated them in the regular season, no matter who it is. But the Grizzlies will be favored over all of those teams, and they should be. They should be strong. I don't think any of those teams should take the Grizzlies seven games, barring, you know, um, something or from un, unseen happening. But the Grizzlies are in a great position with their current two seed. Three games left. You know, the franchise record 
is within reach. I thought that Jazz game was a big one if they wanted to get the franchise record. Right now, you have to win two of three. These next two games are the games I'm pinpointing. If if they lose against the Nuggets tonight, I think best case scenario, you're looking at a tie in the franchise record. If they beat the Nuggets, they should go for it Saturday in that game against the Pelicans, break the record in front of all the fans, and, you know, show the NBA. Show the NBA that this team is the best Grizzlies team in franchise history. I've had people, you know, text me, call me, and say these things. They say, you know, this Grizzlies team may be the best one in franchise history. I I, I like what we've seen from this team, and I even told Sean, I think this team has the potential to be that. The postseason will ultimately determine that. We talked about the 2012-2013 team, and that team went to the Western Conference Finals. Didn't win a game in the Western Conference Finals. Got swept. But it was a historic run. They went to the Western Conference Finals. So we appreciate you for listening to Locked on Grizzlies. But before you go, before you go, go ahead over to the Locked on NBA podcast. The Locked on NBA podcast is where our Locked on podcasters and reporters, they come together and on a panel day talk about the biggest topics going on around the entire NBA and the best part about it it's only 20 30 minutes so you can do this you know in your morning when you're getting up getting the kids ready for school or or you know if you're a night person you can listen to it at night before you go to bed you can listen to it on your lunch break at work or you can listen to it on your on your commute to work however you like to listen to your podcast locked on NBA it's 20 30 minutes and you can get a complete rundown of everything that's going on in the league, whether it's, you know, the potential impact of returns, because there's a lot of players. I mean, we're talking Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Kawhi Leonard. Uh, we just mentioned Norm Powell coming back. Uh, Robert Williams with the Celtics. Well, that'll be a big discussion going forward. There are a lot of players in the NBA. Uh, there have been some Zion Williamson rumors out there. There are a lot of players in the NBA who have potential returns. So, that, plus your, your recaps, your analysis, and everything in between, go over to Locked On NBA before you go here. But we appreciate you for listening to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Tomorrow, Sean Coleman will be here with you, and he will break down what happened in this Nuggets game, and then he'll look ahead because at that point, we'll know either the Grizzlies have to win two games to get that franchise record or they have to win one. So find out, you know, on the next Locked On Grizzlies, Sean Coleman have you covered. But we appreciate you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Locked On Grizzlies podcast. I'm your host, the Michael Cole, and we'll see you tomorrow.